1: Hi guys. Hi. Welcome back to another episode of oh, your favorite podcast. The Tracking the Storm podcast. My name is Brandon Stanley. I am joined by my trusty co-host, Matthew Soma.
0: He is indeed. And, and that's we've got, got so much to talk about this week.
1: Yeah, man. This one's uh, this one's might be a little bit of a slog. I, I'm sure we'll find our rhythm at some point, but um, we are kind of, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say we're out of ideas, but you can only fill so much time in this business, you know, and we are at the dead part of the offseason. We did have a couple pieces of news to talk about last week. With Paul Stastny signing. We got Jersey news and yeah. That that was a good week <laughs> for content, I guess. It um, was a great but, week, and then this yeah, week, yeah.
0: there's been nothing. Yeah, um,
1: this week, it's it's just... We're kind of starting to close in on the season, finally. You know, we, that's the bright side of all this, is we only have a couple more weeks until we really are going to have real hockey to talk about, which is obviously exciting. Um, but for now, we are relying on you guys to give us topics, basically.
0: So, I, I do actually... I I did want to like suggest something if you're if you're down.
1: Yeah, man, I I'm I'm game for anything.
0: So like this past week, Corey Pronman released his like pipeline rankings uh, at the Athletic, and the Canes ranked sixth. So I don't know if we could we could give our thoughts on that to fill some time, if you'd like.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, that's definitely a good omen for the Canes right now i mean it's you know for so long they've been like this young team and they're on the rise and you know but i think at the same time with that comes some added pressure now because they haven't really been that factor
0: you've accomplished nothing
1: they really haven't and
0: you have not won an eastern conference and you have not won a stanley cup
1: right Right. Zero appearances in the final. And as we've talked about a couple of times this summer, it's really getting put up to be put up or shut up time because of how many contracts are coming up in the next three years. Two summers from now is going to be wild. Three summers from now is going to be, it's going to be really interesting to look back from then to now, because I think no matter how you slice it, the team is going to look a lot different.
0: I think under this regime, I think every off season is going to be wild just because they're the canes and they've made at least one pretty sizable move every summer since Don Waddell took over, you know? Right. Um, now granted in, in the pipeline rankings, he does rank every team's under 23 players. So we're obviously boosted by having three under 23 NHL players on that list. Right. Obviously Svechnikov being number one, he'll be a graduate. Nah, he may, I don't think he counts for next year. I don't think he or Cokiniemi will count for next year's rankings. Cokiniemi was third. Jarvis was second. Right. So it's pretty apparent that Jarvis is going to be the only like, NHL player on that U23 list next year for the Hurricanes. So for me, the way I look at it is, yes, the Hurricanes have done a really good job of drafting and they've gotten legitimate NHL players. But the rest of the pipeline is pretty weak. There's no true star. He ranked our top prospect. Um, as It was Alexander Nikishin, who I love. But at best, he's like a third or fourth best defenseman on your team. Right. At his absolute best.
1: I do have high hopes for him. And I think he could be a really good second pair defenseman someday. Just because... Oh, me
0: too. But that's not a star, you know?
1: Yeah, no, it's not. And to your point, like having that be your best prospect, I think the Canes are going to fall down that list quite a bit. But, I mean, at the same time, you could see a lot of guys take steps forward. You know, if some guys like Vlad Trikasov, um, Billy Koivin, and Noel Goomler take big steps in the next year, which is entirely plausible, you could, you know, I, I, maybe some star upside. You know, I was going to say maybe not star upside, but I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that one of those kids does turn into a star in the NHL someday.
0: I mean, there's always a chance, right? I mean, like we saw Sebastian Ajo was picked and nobody knew about him. And yet here he comes. He's a top center in the NHL now. Yeah, for sure. Um, Scott Morrow has potential. Um, Drury's not going to be a star, but he's going to be a solid NHL prospect. I think that counts for something.
1: He's more in the category of winning mm-hmm. hockey players to me.
0: Yeah, like... Drury's never gonna be a star, but he's gonna be a player that every team he's gonna have a long NHL career. Right. Scott Morrow, um, I was talking with somebody, I think it was Chris Cote the other day, or Cote, I can't remember how them damn Canadians, I don't know, I don't know pronounce just... the names, but he was he was like, I get kind of Joe Corvo vibes from Scott Morrow. And I was like, well, I'm hoping he's better than that. Like, Corvo <laughs> was an NHL player, but he was called Uh-Oh Corvo for a reason. Yeah, he was
1: like more Jake Gardner than, like, a yeah.
0: And, like, Moro, Moro is obviously better just because the game has improved. But, like, you know, there is that chance that he doesn't pan out. For me, I was shocked at the other prospects after Moro. You've got Justin Robidah who was a fifth or sixth round pick um, back in 2021. And Corey ranked Robida's skating as elite. And as far as the scouts and the public sphere go, and I'm looping the uh, Corey and Scott Wheeler in there as well, because they're not affiliated with the team. Corey is the toughest grader on skating by a country mile.
1: Yeah, I think he had Svetch at either average or below average, and I think Jarvis was the same.
0: Jarvis was average, and it's crazy to me because, like, Corey is a very tough grader, and, again, I don't always agree with what Corey has to say, and more often than not, I end up finding myself disagreeing with him, but he does the work, and it's his opinion. Nobody evaluates players the same. But I just thought it was a huge testament to how good of a skater Robida is, If one of the toughest graders gives Robida that high of a praise, then he's got our most recent fourth round pick, Simon Forsmark, as our team's, let's see, there's Niketian, Drury, Moro, Robida, fifth best prospect. Isn't that crazy?
1: Wait, where's Moro? Wait, you said Moro. Okay.
0: Moro is sixth behind Niketian and Drury.
1: Really? That's interesting.
0: And keep in mind the three players ahead of everybody are Spetch, Jarvis, and right, right, right. Jimmy.
1: Well, I have been saying for a while. I've been ranking Drury first for a while, even when you guys didn't. So I' am not going to disagree. With I you mean,
0: that. I ranked I ranked him first in the last ranking I did. Did you? Okay. Yeah, Cruz Lucius is ninth
1: on that list. I like Lucius. I mean, I, I like
0: him too, but ninth.
1: Yeah, ninth is a little high.
0: There's I mean, there are
1: guys I, I, like Boivin like and Or Goonler in there.
0: This is this is just my opinion. I feel like there's more recency bias with because these guys are obviously watching the draft eligibles a little closer. Yeah, and he's obviously seen Lucius more often than he probably has a guy like Ryan Suzuki who he has next. He's seen Alexa Himesalmi recently because he was at the World Juniors. Same with Billy Koivinen, but like no gunler You know, I just. <sighs> I find it very hard to I don't know it's like I want to I don't want to say like I'm missing something but like or that this person's wrong but I just don't understand you've got two fourth round picks ahead of both players that were drafted by the Hurricanes ahead of those two players
1: yeah okay look like I read prospects rankings all the time. I love prospects rankings. I write them a lot. I will. I haven't read yours. At the
0: end of the day, they mean nothing.
1: I haven't put your, I haven't read yours that you put out with today. I just haven't had time yet. I was at work all day. Ended up having to work a little late. So just got home shortly before we started recording. So I'm going to do that. But yeah, I mean, exactly. Like they really don't mean anything. (laughs) Like ultimately it's all opinion. Like that—that's what it comes down to—is what one person sees against what, you know, another sees, and more often than not, even the guys that get paid a lot of money to do it. Well, I don't know how much Corey Prom gets paid to make gets gets paid, but you know he's
0: making dollars.
1: Even the yeah, and even the guys with a pretty big platform what's their success rate. I mean, it's probably about what an NHL team's drafting success rate. And obviously those guys do get paid a lot of money to project what these kids are going to be. So, you know, it's such a crap shoot. The NHL really is. It's, it's a lot of fun. I love tracking them. I love writing about them. I love thinking about what they could be and what, you know, certain traits are going, how they're going to play out at the NHL level and develop, you know, all that stuff is a lot of fun to track because, especially when a young kid does hit on their potential, it's, it's so much fun to track that and see their talent become production, right? So, you know, for all of you that get mad about, oh my God, he ranked this person so low, I, I think we need to compartmentalize a little better than that, eh?
0: <laughs> I agree. And um, so like, here's the craziest thing, you know, like you don't know what's going to happen with the draft. So let's. I'm just looking based on games played here. Sebastian Ajo was drafted 35th overall in 2015. Three players have played in more NHL games than Sebastian Ajo. Can you name those three players, Brandon?
1: That was the McDavid draft, was it not? Yes. Well, Connor.
0: Yes, he is. He is he's number two.
1: He's number two. Okay, so who else was 2015? That was McDavid and Matthews.
0: Nope, Matthews was 2016.
1: Matthews was 2016 with, oh, geez, Eichel. Um, it was Eichel and Matthews were together. Okay.
0: Eichel and McDavid were together.
1: Oh, Matthews God, I'm getting everything mixed up. Damn it. Eichel's definitely not ahead of Ajo. Um, no, I, I can't name one other than McDavid. Right. So
0: <laughs> Noah Hannafin actually ranks first in games played in that entire draft class.
1: Well, that's interesting. He He's always- the
0: only player to hit 500 games so far.
1: He always should have gone back to Boston College, but that's another story for another Mick day. Mick
0: David and Provorov are next, and Aho will hit 500 games this year, assuming he's healthy for the whole year.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: Um The, the reason I bring that up, though, is because I'm going to scroll down to Stephen Lawrence, who has played in 112 NHL games, and... He was drafted 186th overall. Ilya Samsonov, 89 games. Granted, he's a goalie. Um, let's take a look. Gabriel Carlson, 75 games. He was drafted 29th overall. Mitchell Stevens has, was drafted 33rd, two picks before Sebastian Ajo, 72 NHL games. Let's, let's keep going. Noah Julson, picked 26th overall in that draft. He has 56 games. Man, Jacob soft. Zaboral was picked 13th overall, and he has 54 NHL games.
1: Oh, isn't, wasn't that him and Sineshen right back to back?
0: Zaboral, Debrinket, or not Debrinket, uh Debrusk, and uh, Sineshen. Yeah. Nick Merkley picked 30th overall, 41 NHL games. Sineshen has played in 16 NHL games. So, like, a seventh-round pick overager has played in – More NHL games than a good handful of first round picks from this draft. Right. So to your point, yeah, you have no idea what the hell is going on with with prospects. Like the the weirdest players make it to the NHL. And the guys that you thought were the sure things, like how many people in 2018 thought Dominic Bach was gonna be elite?
1: A lot of people. A lot of people thought the
0: hurricanes yeeted him to Germany this past year. He might never play an NHL game, seriously. He was drafted like 18th overall.
1: I think it was 25th, but yeah. 25th.
0: My point is, like, you straight up don't know. And, you know, a lot of the the data gets thrown around that it's like, oh, a late first round pick is worth about as much as like a second round pick and the difference is pretty marginal. And and it's true, like, when you get to a certain point in the draft, the chances that that player is going to bust is pretty much the same for the rest of the draft like obviously in the later rounds you know there's a good chance that those players won't turn into anything there's a pretty there's like a halfway decent chance that your second round picks won't work out look at the hurricanes yanni kokanen i think he's in switzerland right now after playing a handful of NHL games. Luke Martin's in the ECHL. (laughs) Um, I think uh, Alex Nedeljkovic is a backup NHL goaltender that happens to be a starter on a terrible team. Nobody knows anything about what's going to happen to these prospects. It's just projecting. And somebody was like, well, all these projections are... Somebody in the games Country comments today was like, all these projections, you know... It's not possible for all these players to make the team and I you know didn't have time to reply today but like to me I'm just like yeah that's that's fair they probably won't all make the team but it's just a guess as to when they might be ready for either making the canes or being traded for another NHL asset you know like we saw with Yanni Kokkonen and Julian Gauthier, et etc so that's my soapbox Please check out the uh, prospects overview, system overview that I did on the forwards. It's out on Kane's Country right now. Um, shameless self promotion here, just because I have spent a long time on this, a lot of late nights and early mornings, uh, watching games, writing notes, scouting, reading data, reading other scouting reports, kind of cross checking my notes with theirs, just all sorts of stuff just to give this to everybody for free so that they can be more informed. Proud of you, buddy. Thanks, dad.
1: Before we move along, since we have so much more to talk about, tracking the storm is a proud part of the hockey podcast network. And we are going to take just a quick minute. And get a word from our friends over at DraftKings. The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action for opening night? everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Get up by seven and you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if that team leads by seven points at any point during a game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ultimately loses. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes or wherever you get our podcast for important details. And hey, we're back. We're mm-hmm. back
0: we're
1: back all right as we often do when we are out of ideas we ask you guys to do the work for us
0: oh stop giving away our secrets
1: so we did ask for a couple of questions topics stuff you guys wanted to hear about and we did get a few interesting things uh discuss so here we go matt take it away
0: all right um zergian asks do you guys think there's a chance we finally have more than just Aho being a point per game player this season. If so, who breaks that threshold? Svetch. Yeah, Svetch. Um, I think that's it. I'm going to be honest. For now, Jarvis, Jarvis could might point win. Exactly. He's a few years older, but not right now.
1: I do think there is at least some level of a chance that Jarvis Peaks is like a 65-70 point guy, which obviously isn't a slight. That is an excellent NHL player, potentially a first-line player on a very good team still, Um, but yeah, I I think he also has just as much of a chance to be probably a point-per-game player, you know, 80-90 points because of his compete level, his, you know, obviously his skill, his speed, like there's just so much to like, but yeah. For now, I think, you know, maybe Tara Vinan has like, you know, a lot of guys will have these like kind of one-off years. Tara Vinan's a 75 point guy anyway. So like, I don't even know if it's that much of a one-off that he could hit 91 year out of the blue, you know, that does tend to happen every once in a while. And I, I wouldn't be like shocked if it did. Um, but for now I, I think Spetch is the easy choice. You know, he's a guy that we keep having these conversations about when it clicks for him, like, We've seen his ability to take over games when he's on, and, and I don't think he's had as good over the last two seasons as you you know hoped for. But I mean, he's got so much skill. He's got the physical the physical aspect. He's fast. He's I mean, he's just such a complete player with the ability to be an absolutely dominant force, even more so than Aho. Like he has the ability to be an even you know bigger superstar than Aho does, and and I think it's still despite, you know, maybe not the big leap forward we've kind of been hoping for. I, I think it's still entirely plausible that he becomes, you know, maybe the best player this franchise has ever had legitimately.
0: Yeah, it's definitely possible. And then another option that I'd give is, like, it's kind of a cheat, but Pacioretty could easily hit, you know, 20, 30 points when he comes back from injury.
1: <laughs> yeah. God, that's a, you know, we've, we've kind of talked. It's a, a bummer. Bit, but I'm still just so frustrated by that because I would have loved to see him, you know, catch and feed some Teravine and aho an and. He's oh, not dead. he'll come back fresh and it'll be, you know, Kucharavo. Yeah, he's not
0: years. dead. He, he's still here.
1: Right. Um, I'm going to give you one more spicy take. Brent Burns.
0: I'd be shocked. I would be, too. Like, you may need to resuscitate. Like, they may need to, like, call an ambulance to my house if he finishes the season with 82 points.
1: <laughs> right. Okay, but, I mean, let's, let's look back at him. He probably had the worst season of his career the year before last. Seven goals and 29 points in 56 games. Last year, 10 goals, 54 points in 82 games. Year before that, 45 points in 70 games. None of those are really even knocking out the door of a point per game. But just three years ago, 2018-19, 83 points in 82 games. Year before that, 67, 76, 75, like pretty consistent 75-point player. And he is on a much more offensively dynamic team now. Now, no, I'm not going to bet on it happening. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't even put the odds at, like, you know, 40%. (laughs) Like, you've seen what the offensive defensemen the Hurricanes have had have done over the last few years. He's better than Tony D'Angelo, who just had a huge year offensively. He's right there with Dougie Hamilton, who had some monster years here before moving on. Dougie even, like, you know, despite his big numbers, I I feel like almost every year he kind of started slow and then picked it up. Or, or at least he had, like, one, like, long stretch where, like, even if he wasn't playing poorly, the points weren't really there. And then he'd, like, go on a heater and score a bunch of goals and, you know, factor in on just about everything. So, no, I don't think it's 100%. Like, I don't think the odds of it happening are very high. But I wouldn't be surprised if this is, at least within the last three years, I think Brent Burns is going to have his best offensive year playing on this team.
0: I think if he hits 60 points, that's a success.
1: Absolutely, and I think that's that's a lot more, like, logical. I think
0: if he hits 50 points, that's a success.
1: Yeah. I think it's fair to hope for more than that.
0: It is, but, I you know, you Brent Burns has been either. a point-per-game player once in his career, and he's 37 now. So <laughs> right. I just, it's like...
1: But that was the other part of it I was gonna talk about. It's like this dude is like an absolute horse for
0: 37. Like oh for sure. It's just it's not likely. I wouldn't put money on it unless the payout was gigantic, you know?
1: Right. You got like minus a thousand odds, I'd probably put you know a hundred bucks on it, but
0: all right. All right Sam on. Kinney asks, good third pairing options for the canes to bring in. And then he mentions Nathan Beaulieu as an option, and then follows up saying, "You know, I don't think we need another option, but just a thought, and i I, I'm, I don't think we need one, to be honest. uh
1: You left out the best part, though. Nathan Boyo is a career plus nine. Sign him now, God, please.
0: I mean, to be fair, like <laughs> knowing the shit teams that he's played on, like that's true. That's kind of a surprise. <laughs> like I know plus minus isn't like the best stat, but like you think about it, he's played. Let me just, let me just pull up his, uh, his stat page real quick. I know he's played on the Canadians, which is obviously, you know, boosted by great goaltending, but here's who he has played for recently. He's played for Winnipeg, which is a dog water team, Buffalo, and Montreal. And it's tripping me out because I forgot the Hamilton Bulldogs were a AHL franchise at one point. I just, I don't see it. I really don't. Um, I said he might be a good, like Brendan Smith replacement when that happened, but then the Canes went out and acquired Dylan Coughlin. And if Jake Gardner's not healthy, they've got two right-handed defensemen, playing on the third pair but that's fine um you'll be fine i i don't think the canes need to add a defenseman i think they should just save all their cap because they have that extra defenseman and jalen chatfield if necessary
1: yeah there's definitely enough uh talent like in their depth roles to you know get by with what they have currently on the roster um you know, we've talked a lot about how they're going to have a battle in camp for that third pairing role and and somebody's going to lose it, you know? So you're going to have quite a few guys that can step into that role. If somebody goes down, if somebody struggles, whatever the case may be. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think they need to go after anybody. They don't really have the cap to do so anyway.
0: Right. And save it for the trade deadline when you know what you are Right. you can add to a team that just added Max Pacioretty. Uh, Marcus asks, how would you rate the off season moves made by Don Waddell? I
1: like it. You know, I, I I like it, especially knowing that they were really in on guys like um, Matt Kachuk. Um, I, I think he did a very good job without crippling his franchise because Matt Kachuk would have definitely meant that a couple guys are on the way out a player like that. It's worth it, but you know um, he obviously didn't give up much to get some really, really good players who really would have improved the team uh, or really did improve the team. Then obviously Max Pacioretty, you know, he couldn't have foreseen his injury happening. So what can you really do about that? Like you sign a player, the reason he was probably available for absolutely nothing is because of his injury history. And well, it kind of burns you to your point. You said a few minutes ago, he's still, he's not gone. He's going to be a very, very good trade deadline acquisition effectively. And I think the hurricanes are going to be a lot better for having his goal scoring talent in the lineup down the stretch of the season. Um, so and, and then you know the the smaller moves that aren't getting as much attention. Obviously Brent Burns doesn't really fall in that category, but Burns was a great pickup. He improves the team's top pairing. The Hurricanes are going to have two legitimate top pairs this year that you're going to be able to match up with pretty much anybody. Um, And on the road, you know I've said this before, it's it's going to make it so much harder to game plan for this team because you're not going to have, you know, a lot of coaches last year were probably fine with playing, you know, their top guys against Jacob Slavin because. That was also D'Angelo. You know, maybe they didn't really try to go for that matchup, but they were more okay with that than they probably will be with Slavin and Brent Burns this year. Um, and it takes a lot of pressure off Brett Pesci and, you know, Brady Shea, which which is good. You know, they had to be the top shutdown pairing last year. And, you know, maybe they still will be. Maybe Rod does mostly try to play offensive matchups for Burns, but, um, you know, you have that flexibility to play both. Uh, and Andre Kasha, obviously another guy that I've talked a lot about that I really, really like as a pickup for this team. I hope he does stay largely healthy this year. It's kind of hard to bank on him not missing at least a handful of games, but I think he can be really good for this team.
0: So first, let's let let's start with the draft, I guess, because that's the biggest thing, where you you trade Tony D'Angelo at the draft, you add three draft picks. That's a great move for the Canes. It's pretty clear they weren't going to keep Tony past this season. They weren't going to pay him what he wanted, and they're able to finesse three draft picks out of a Philadelphia Flyers team that's going to be absolute dog water next season and the season afterwards. So that's a good move. You know, obviously you get a, you move up in the draft a little bit thanks to that trade. Um, the draft was great for the Hurricanes. Obviously they drafted a lot of pretty solid players where they were at the burns trade was fine um yes he's been a proven defenseman but at some point his age is going to catch up with him and at some point that contract is going to be ugly you know maybe it doesn't maybe that contract ages beautifully and the hurricanes win three stanley cups if, that, if they even win one, I'm not going to care about Brent Burns' contract. I'm going to be honest. But the trade itself, there's just a lot of questions. So I'd give that like a B for right now. The patch trade, even though he was hurt, you didn't know he was hurt. It's an A still. You get Dylan Coghlan for nothing. He's going to probably play NHL games this season. Uh, the Kasha signing was nice. He's probably going to play. Again, injuries are an issue, but it's fine um Stastny was a good signing and yeah I think the decision to get rid of like guys like Trocek and stuff made sense too because looking at the contract Trocek got it's ugly
1: you couldn't give him that I I totally agree I don't you couldn't
0: give him that nor would I want to because eventually he's just going to start getting hurt a lot because of how he plays
1: Right, and and those kind of players don't typically age very well. So you know, hope, wish him all the best uh, in New York, outside of when he plays the Kings. Um, but I, I yeah, I, w- I would have not been happy at all, especially again with all the contracts the Hurricanes have coming up, how cap crunched they're going to be. Um, letting him go was probably the right move. Would have liked to have brought back Nino still, but
0: you know, luckily, the. or the cap is going to go up right as um, the season is ending or right as the 2024 off season begins, but it's probably not enough.
1: I didn't even mention Stastny, but you know, we talked about him a bunch last week. So I think you guys kind of know my thoughts on that one. I do want to bring this one up. The miserable Canadian said, good luck with kk we should have kept him hashtag we suck
0: that is an account with zero followers so it could very well not be a canadians fan um but it is still kind of funny
1: i guess i could be wrong on that you're right but you know
0: still like i just want to like i want to hope that it's real but it definitely might not be <laughs> it is it is coming to september by the time you all are listening to this it will be september which means there will be hockey this month that is exciting prospect showcase starts the 16th so we're about two and a half weeks uh from that from the time we're recording this um
1: i get some uh spicy takes on that we might uh meet up and go do that in person and get to watch some games eh?
0: we could watch the games i'm not doing a podcast in person nobody no, wants to see we that did,
1: we did kind of nix that idea it, it would have been cool in theory but you know
0: yeah i'm not recording a podcast in the middle of a hockey rink that just sounds brutal <laughs> um maybe
1: we can do it live somewhere afterwards or something
0: right We'll we'll just go to a bar and just start talking about hockey to nobody
1: that hey i mean we might get a few people that would maybe maybe show up i don't
0: know <laughs> not even not we don't even announce it it just happens spontaneously <laughs> oh my god they're
1: tracking the storm
0: yeah nobody's gonna say that
1: they're not even influencers
0: yeah who are these guys they're not even cool enough to be influencers
1: okay we're just killing time huh?
0: yeah at this point we're just trying to get the ad money um folks <laughs> We want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, if this is your first time, welcome. Sorry, we have nothing to talk about. If, if you stayed if,
1: until this point, we owe you money or something.
0: No, we don't owe you money. But, but I, I don't have any a so. crisp thumbs up, which you can redeem at a future Carolina Hurricanes game that I am attending. Leave a tip. <laughs> yeah, leave a tip on our imaginary tips that we don't have. Seriously, folks, thank you. Hopefully we'll have something to talk about. The prospect Showcase roster will be coming up pretty soon. Uh, We can kill 20 minutes with that. And as always, folks, it's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan.